0: Welcome to Culture Factor. I'm your producer and host, Holly Shannon. Our new season looks at creators, innovators, and entrepreneurs. Why? Because the creator and gig economy is emerging. Talent has gone to work for themselves. The new year starts with the 101, or the beginner guide, for NFTs, blockchain, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, and all those metaverse and Web3 topics we keep hearing about. We are all going back to school on Culture Factor to understand this decentralized economy. From creator coins to the tax implications of selling crypto, let's unpack these emerging technologies in really simple terms. Join me and feel free to send in your questions. Would your brand like to sponsor Culture Factor? It is your opportunity to be a part of a podcast that is ranked in the top 2% globally and heard in over 89 countries. Email holly at hollyshannon.com. Subscribe to Culture Factor and share with a friend now. Okay, let's start with our class. Let's get our next guest on. So hello, Culture Factor family. Today I have Will Pemble with me, and he is a Web 1 pioneer, a Web 2 leader, and a Web 3 futurist. He built and sold web.com, one of the first and largest domain name registrars on earth. As a top 50 domain name millionaire, technology futurist, and serial entrepreneur, Will has been building and growing tech companies since before the days of Web1. Will's latest adventure is CoasterPunks.com, an NFT collection on a mission to build the world's first carbon neutral roller coaster thrill ride, a 200,000 watt solar farm, and an eight-episode educational TV series executive produced by MythBuster, Carrie Byron, and Explore Media. Will has built five backyard roller coasters and been featured on Good Morning America, Discovery Channel, Netflix, Facebook Watch, and dozens of television shows worldwide. And today, we have him on Culture Factor. Hi, Will.
1: (laughs) i always laugh when i when i hear that uh that ridiculously uh complimentary it's (laughs) It's like i've also been arrested at mardi gras
0: You know, sometimes those are the best stories. So, you know, we, we might have to like dial back to the arrested at Mardi Gras one, um, you know, I might not let you go on that one. Uh, or Here's maybe fair. we should start with that. Like, actually, I take that back. I have a whole list of questions for Will Pemble, but how were you arrested at Mar- Mardi Gras?
1: I wasn't really arrested. You don't really get arrested at Mardi Gras. You get sort of like corralled or scooped up. and. Um, A fun fact about the New Orleans Police Department, which is one of the most amazing organizations in the world, is um, other police departments from all over the world go to Mardi Gras to learn crowd control from the New Orleans Police Department, because they have a long history of of managing huge crowds of drunken idiots um, safely and, and even lovingly uh, than than any other any other such organization in the world. And so, so I went to school at Louisiana Tech. And so I was there and we went to a lot of Mardi Gras. And, and every once in a while when you're at Mardi Gras, you're like on one side of the parade route, but you need to get to the other. So it's like, hey, Brad, he's over there. And you got to like cross the street or you got to cross the parade route. Well that's not cool according to the new orleans police department in mardi gras and so what happens is you'll have these little people you'll have these two rows of people down each side of the street and the parade's about to come and you'll have people go jump through the cab and go Dimldimldi. you know like scurry across the street and try to get to the other side and and um and most of the time when you try to do that you're gonna get scooped up and and like tossed into a paddy wagon um, and like managed a little bit and so so I wasn't like fully arrested at Mardi Gras but I was I was trying to get across the street to to like connect with Brad and um you one were of the, corralled you know, yeah and you I got a little bit corralled I got like scooped wagon. up and, and into the paddy wagon and, and um and uh, and, and, and like, again what
0: was that sound of crossing the street. <laughs> 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 All right. I, I, w- I was corralled by security once I um I uh, I'll share so since you're sharing you know, yeah. I think the culture factor family would like to know um I wasn't arrested either, but I was scooped up. so um I jumped on stage at a Lenny Kravitz concert because uh, like yes, he was like amazing and oh. um I hopped on there thinking I was gonna like dance with him um and his security guard scooped me up so fast like, Um, I don't have a sound for it, but um, it happened so fast that all of a sudden I was backstage. It was like kind of being exited. And then I got super lucky because Lenny himself said it was okay for me to stay there. So actually I got to be backstage at the Lenny Kravitz concert because I jumped on the stage.
1: Dude, see, (laughs) there's a great lesson there, right? You have to ask, you have to get out there right what's what i i didn't i didn't make this one up but i heard somebody say you know don't say no to yourself leave that to somebody else you know if you have an idea you want to get up on stage you want to do something you know be sane about it but like in business for example don't tell yourself your idea is bad there are plenty of people who will do that for you so just like leave that shit to somebody else and i think the sound by the way of getting scooped up on your way across the stage would be something like Whoop!
0: <laughs> That's quite possible. I <laughs> always say, um, uh, don't ask for permission; ask for forgiveness. Yeah. So absolutely. take your chance. So. All right. Well, let's let's jump into some other stuff now that everybody knows about um, some of our little wild adventures. Yep. Um, let's talk about new adventurers in Web three. Um, uh, there are some that seem to think that you can build it separately and independently of Web two. Um, I had a, a call, uh, an interview yesterday with, uh, Meta Parlicar from, um, Casper Labs. And she also, like you being a pioneer in web one and a leader in web two, um, felt completely differently, um, about that, that like web three cannot operate without web two. It's really, um, an extension of it. And I'm curious if you are... In that camp, or if you believe that we can work backwards, that we can start Web three without without that,
1: you can. <clears throat> I suppose I suppose you could. You could start a whole new internet, a whole new Web three, a whole new everything. The problem the problem is going to be it's like you know uh, it's it's like it's like building building a railroad that crosses the country, and you've got two separate companies. One starts in San Francisco. One starts in let's call it Philadelphia. And they build different gauge track and it kind of like meets up here in the middle and they almost connect and so, so I don't consider web three to be a new language um, at all, although there are there is a new vernacular which is which is an interesting thing in itself but I think of Web three as a new dialect of a language that has been around since 1974, when networking was invented at Xerox Park in Silicon Valley. So it's just a dialect, right? We've got we've got some new words, we've got some new accents, we've got some new ways of thinking and looking at things. But but dude, at the end of the day, it's a shit ton of Linux servers here and there.
0: Interesting. Okay, I appreciate that answer a lot, um, and I I think. Um... I agree with you. I think there's a lot of people that agree with you. Uh, Let's dig into Coaster Punks, uh, your NFT collection. Mm -hmm. Um, So what I would like to understand, is it a digital and fidgetal experience on a roller coaster? And for listeners, we all know what digital is. And fidgetal, it refers to a physical experience. Um, So is that what it is? and um and then i have a follow up question for that so okay. let's see what you think
1: sure sure okay so so um what's the what's the best way to answer it um where did it come from why coaster punks well once upon a time in like 2013 you know a long time ago uh, almost 10 years ago my my then 11 year old son lyle uh, it was the end of the summer we had just got back from a bunch of uh, theme park adventures and stuff um my kids are exceedingly spoiled but also pretty awesome and and lyle was sad because school was about to start and he really loves roller coasters he knows everything about all of them and we were just sitting in the backyard just like on the porch swing this this um you know this like super father-son moment and he was just thinking out loud as lyle always does he's he's like me he just talks the whole time um And uh, he was like, you know, it'd be so cool if we had a roller coaster in the backyard and he was looking at the backyard. And I know that like in a kid brain, I know that he's like looking out there and he's seeing it. Right. Because kids live in cartoon land. (laughs) And um, and I started seeing it, too. And really, really quickly, I was just I just thought to myself, I have to do this. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I have to do this because I want me and Lyle to be on that swing together forever. I want us to have this experience. I want him to be able to talk to his friends when he's off at some conference or work or has his own kids and all of that. I want him to be able to talk about how his crazy dad built a roller coaster in the backyard. And um and that that lit me up just super super instantly and then and then also on on the other hand this other this other kind of like thought which never goes starts far away i mentioned my brother when we were getting ready for this whole thing Um, i also knew that if i did it i would definitively prove once and for all that i was like so much better of a dad than than larry is and so uh (laughs)
0: that's mean
1: (laughs) we're we are mean to each other we larry and i we larry and i love each other dearly and we're we're super close, super good friends and we scrap and compete. And so I was just like and so so to do that, we started putting up videos and to show Grandma Lois the progress and and also Larry could see them too. and um, and then one thing led to another hackaday saw um, one of these old uh, once upon a time there were these things on the internet called blogs and um, and hackaday, had a blog and hackaday put a link up to one of my videos and said hey this guy built a roller coaster in his backyard and then you know uh guy kawasaki who was one of the one of the og influencers in in the digital world he put up and hey this guy put a roller coaster and then good morning america calls me on the phone he's like hey we're good morning america we heard you had a roller coaster we'd love to roll a truck and a reporter out there and like do a piece and so like me and lyle came out and there's a satellite truck in front of the house it was, and and so so there was this this kind of like kooky viral moment and we started to get some subs on the youtube channel and and i got very excited about that because i'm a technical guy i'm an internet guy and i wanted to i wanted to like it's like okay so how do you get subscribers how do you do that i got really really interested and i love the engineering of it so that started in like 20 2013 something like that and uh 2012 a long long time ago and so i've got this this group of people in the world following me millions and millions of people have seen my roller coaster videos. I've been all over the world to talk to people about it. I, there's a, there's a kid, uh, kid named Gus Machado in um, Sao Paulo, Brazil, and Gus builds backyard roller coasters on TikTok. And he's got 2 million followers and he builds these awesome backyard roller coasters, you know, Red Bull sponsors this guy. I mean, he, he's amazing. He's like, he's 19. He's beautiful. He's funny. He's, uh, So cool. And I got, I got on a zoom with him a couple of months ago and I was like, I just reached out. I was like, dude, I love what you're doing. I'd love to just like talk. If you had some time, that would be so cool. And he gets on the zoom with me and, uh, and he goes, Oh my God, it's you. I'm like, what? (laughs) You're his hero. He's like, you taught me how to build roller coasters. I do this because of you. I've been doing this since I was 14. I've been watching your videos since I was 14. Oh my God. I am in my second year of college studying mechanical engineering because of you
0: <gasps> i got and like goosebumps will That's i know cool. right oh my
1: god i was i was about to cry i i i can't describe the beauty of that moment and um but some kid a cajillion miles away who speaks a language i don't speak i changed the trajectory of his life for the better just because i was doing something like ridiculous just because i wanted to you know prove to larry that i'm a better dad and and so there's this so without knowing it i built a community of people who love technology love engineering love roller coasters you know love making i'm looking over there there's a there's a, a liquid nitrogen container over there love making ice cream with liquid nitrogen and there, you know so like all the crazy stuff and so i had this cookie community and then i got this warehouse, it's, it's not a short explanation of your question, is it? Um, so, I started building, because of COVID, I started building Sprinter Vans, and, and I got this warehouse because my garage wasn't big enough. And so, this is like my workshop, right? And I just, I don't have a, a business here, per se. I just, like, I wanted a, <laughs> wanted a bigger garage. And so, now, here, I'll take it. You want to go on a tour? I, uh, sure. So, this, <laughs> is my, uh, yeah. this is my 3,000-square-foot workshop. And and warehouse and garage, and it's it's 55 feet wide, 55 feet long, and 25 feet high. And I was talking to a friend of mine, and we and I said we were talking about roller coasters and stuff. And uh, and I said, you know, it would be cool if we could build like a space mountain roller coaster in here. And uh, and then we talked about because you know you can control the light and you can manage stuff, and it's got a perfectly level, flat floor. There's like boatloads of electricity coming in here. You can do anything. And I've got all the tools. And so like one and and like most people be like, yeah, that would be cool. And then you'd go back to your life. Well, if you're me, that crazy gets like jammed Embedded. into my head. right?
0: <laughs> Embedded. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. It's just like it just like pecks at me. So now I can't when I sit in here, I don't see my workshop or a 3,000 foot warehouse, I see this amazing roller coaster. And so, and, and so I started a little discord channel and like, now there's people on the discord and there's retired Disney Imagineers and, and, you know, ride people and software people and VR people and, and, and everything. And so now, so the roller coaster has taken on a life of its own. I'm like, okay, we want to do this thing. It's going to cost a boatload of money, like more money than I could spend. If I were to, if I were to do this um, more money that I could spend and stay married. Um, (laughs) So, which is important. So, and then on another track, I'm like t- learning about NFT and crypto and trying to teach my clients about it because I do technical business strategy consulting and, and all of that stuff in my as 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 a grownup. Um, and uh, and we were like, well, let's let's experiment with this. Let's make an NFT project of this so that we can learn about soup to nuts NFT project creation. one one end to the other, right? I have all the discrete individual skills, right? I know the technology. I know how to do marketing. I know how to do all these things, but let's let's weave it all together. Let's make one and let's make one that's successful. What's the first step? Well, the first step is you go back 10 years and you start your community, right? That's your first step in building a successful NFT project in my view. And I'm, again, wrong about all sorts of things all the time. So our project will be a physical thing. It'll be... um, there'll be a themed roller coaster thrill ride that'll include like a motion simulator rocket to the moon we're going to build a full on lunar habitat we've got like space people involved in our discord we've got like real you know so we're like connected a little bit there so there'll be a full on lunar habitat that'll be built disney style so you'll be able to like look out the window and you'll see over the lunar surface and you'll see earth off the horizon and everything just like just like the way walt did forced perspective because we've got disney people in the gang, there's, there's, I haven't, I can't show it to you yet because it's not here, but in California, one of the guys on the team has built like a 112th a scale study model of this space. And so it's like all built. There's video of it is coming soon. You're going to, it's, it'll blow you away. So there's a lunar HAB. And then what'll happen is when you're in the HAB, the HAB will also have a half a dozen science museum quality exhibits that'll teach you about geology, about uh, hydroponics, about 3D printing, about solar power and all that stuff. And so, it'll, so there's like, you know, Think science museum education. Uh, that's also going to be part of it. Um, and then something will happen in the hab and you're going to need to, you're going to need to get out of there. And so you'll hop on, um, you'll hop on the coaster, which will be like a little rocket thing. And then that'll take you around a super exciting adventure. And, you know, hopefully we survive it all. And then we, you make it back to earth. And then when you make it back to earth, you, um, you get off the rocket ship, and and then there'll be like a, a sort of a lounge, or like a what I what I call a comfort room, you know, like in the Spelling Bee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'd be like, whoo, you know, I'm not gonna need a minute. And um and then so all of that's gonna happen. We're gonna do that on the top of this three thousand square foot warehouse. It's in a nine thousand square foot building, which is enough space to put up a two hundred thousand watt solar farm. I have leased the roof of this building, and so the roof of this building, all nine thousand feet are mine now. And I'm going to build uh, a 200,000 watt solar farm. A 200,000 watt solar farm, just just so you know, a solar panel lasts about 20 years and 200,000 watts of solar panels will last 20 years, which ends up being enough energy to power a single four bedroom home for 400 years. So it's a lot of electricity. Right, and and we did that as an answer to the what about the environment, blah blah blah, you know, and and also like if you get the opportunity to to like put that much energy back into the grid, you should take that opportunity, right? I mean, it's like I want to leave the earth better than where I found it.
0: Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. That's
1: my job as a dad. All right, the third, so, sorry, pardon, sorry, go, ahead, go ahead. And then the th- and then the third thing Carrie found out about this Carrie Byron uh, O.G. MythBuster Carrie Byron. She found out about this project, and she said, "Hey, I've got a." got a company explore media we develop educational tv content for kids and we stream it to two million kids in in schools all across america and they're you know these kids are subscribed to our stuff we do educational tv and then we also build a curriculum around it so that so that and we would love to build an eight eight episode tv series of the build The, the the coaster is going to be called moonshot we would love to produce Eight episodes of television and the curriculum, like like you know, accredited curriculum for middle school and high school kids, and we'd like to show that to two million kids. And it's two million kids this year, but you know, next year it'll be three million, and so on. And so so we can have this we can have this thing. And the goal of my kooky YouTube channel has always been to bring Physics Family and Fun to kids everywhere. That's like my little tagline at the end. You know, thank you for helping bring Physics Family and Fun to kids everywhere. And, and Carrie is going to get in on that. She's going to be like the boss of making the TV show. So, yeah, kind of physical. Then, as just like an aside, I seem to have, by some weird quirk of fate, assembled a half a dozen um, uh, kids in high schools and colleges who want to build a VR version of the entire thing. And so that'll end up in some metaverse or Decentraland. So, so yes, is the answer to your question. It's physical wow. and digital.
0: Wow. Um you you might have accidentally answered some of the questions that I have. Um so uh, all right. <laughs> Let's see where do I go? Let me let me dial into the solar farm for a second. Um so you said it could support a four bedroom house for 400 years. Yep. So can people this is probably a left field question. Can people buy the coaster punk's NFT, and they're they're buying a stake on the blockchain of that energy, and that that energy could be sold back, right, to the grid, or maybe sold back to uh, places in need of energy. Um, so that if they buy the NFT, they have the opportunity for the physical experience, but they have a stake in um, the solar energy going back to the grid. So that's the the social good component that they actually are a part of.
1: Yep. <clears throat> good question. So this, this so this particular thing, it's it's a really good question with an incredibly complicated answer, right? Um, <clears throat> so. The, the short answer, will, will all of the power that gets generated by this solar array on the roof of this building is going to go. I don't know if you can see it right back there. You see that box right there mm-hmm. in the very back corner of the building? If you're, if you're listening, I'm pointing to a great big 208 three-phase circuit breaker box. That's where all the power comes into this um, space our solar array is going to get wired directly into that and so the whole roof is going to put power into that which means none of the electricity that comes from this that 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 gets used by this space is going to come from anywhere but solar panels right we're going to be incredibly carbon negative because you know this this building like even even once we do the whole thing it's not going to use a whole bunch of power um all of that gets pushed back into the grid and then what'll happen is Eversource, the the uh, the electric company here in Connecticut, Eversource will start to pay for the electricity that we push into the grid. The money that gets paid for the electricity that gets pushed into the grid will go not to me personally, which I would dearly love, but it'll go to the Coaster Punk's project because in addition to in addition to wanting to like spend a bunch of money on a bunch of silly and cool and awesome, wonderful stuff and inspire people. um, We're also like, you know, I'm a financial guy, right? I was once upon a time, I was even a stockbroker. Right. And so I know, I know how money works. And um, and so we want to manage the funds and the money that come into this space, into this, into this project. So that when we finish this one, when we finish this coaster and this season one of our TV series and this first solar farm, we want to manage the money of this project like a real business so that next year we can do some other crazy ass project and some other crazy ass solar farm or other, you know, social good, just like do something good. Right. But we've talked about all sorts of things. It's like, Hey, let's, let's put these solar panels on the roof of a school in Oakland. Right. Let's let's right. We can, we want to do that. This iteration, because you've got to, you've got to be careful. This iteration of the projects, you know, like round one, season one, series one, whatever you want to call it, we're focused on just carbon negativity. I've got, I'm have got i working on another project somewhere, which is called A Little More Solar. And, and what we want to do is we want to do exactly what you say, which is where somebody can buy a solar panel for 200 bucks or whatever. And they know that, that all of that 200 bucks gets paid, gets used to buy a solar panel that is installed in a solar farm and that's their panel. And every penny that they just put into that project is generating electricity. It's not going to administration. It's not going to marketing. It's not that, you know, 30% of, you know, you know, it's not philanthropy. It's, it's good.
0: I'm often asked, does my business need a podcast? My answer is yes that nothing else is the fast track into thought leadership and being established and seen as the expert in your industry as podcasting. What's increasingly evident is that it's a branding machine. It kicks doors open for you to have conversations with leaders. It creates a pathway to partnerships and connections on a deeper level. You will not be your industry's best kept secret. Your ideas and business will have global reach. So step into your power. Go to hollyshannon.com to launch your podcast now. And now back to our interview. Well, here's the thing: it's okay to make a profit. It's okay oh, yeah. to want to make money. Um, it's okay to have a social component that doesn't completely absorb all of the profits. I, I was just curious. I mean, I, I think it's really great when there is a social good aspect to something, and I and I um, you know applaud NFT projects that take the time to put a. Portion in there, or think smart, like you were saying, like let's power it by solar, so that we're carbon neutral. Um, so I think it, it's all good, um, and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with making a profit. And I think you should. Um, oh, I
1: will. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and I would argue that every single bit of this project is social good, right? I mean, you know, because of that kid in Brazil, right? We're gonna we're gonna be there'll be like YouTube content all through the thing. Just like every single bit of the build is going to be YouTube and get out there and push people and and inspire. Of course, the solar farm, that's like easy. And then the TV show that's going to last forever. That, that educational content is going to last forever. And so everything we're doing is with the mission, which I've had for a decade now of bringing physics, family and fun to kids everywhere. That's the whole point of the thing. And, and I've had very good luck over the years of doing things that I thought were delightful and fun and exciting and getting paid well to do those things. And so, so this, is, this is, again, none of this is new for me. This is just like who I am and what I do. And that's a really, really important lesson, I think, for the NFT space, because you get people like, hey, we're going to do an NFT project and we're going to solve world hunger. Really? Really? Well, how much world hunger have you <laughs> solved? It's like, oh, we're going to do it. It's going to be awesome. It's like, okay, so Bill Gates has been working on that, too. And he's put a teeny little dent into it with his billions and billions of dollars and incredible brain. But like you can't just or I don't I'm not sure that there's a that there's a real future in saying we're going to do an NFP project and we're going to solve a bunch of problems. And we'll tell you what those problems are later, right? And So so lifting up your NFT project and lifting up your community at the same time, that's a very heavy lift. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. I don't disagree. I think there's um, uh, a lot of um, roadmaps uh, out there for NFTs that um, uh, will never be realized. Yeah. Um, I think some of the goals have been too lofty and it's been difficult for the people who started it to live up to the expectations that their discord channel has begun to have for them um so i you know which which makes me sad actually for artists because i think you know if you're an a true artist and you want to create something and you do want to create an nft um you have to be really careful of the roadmap that you lay out because it can get um it can get out of hand you know like if you start to create that community in your discord channel and they have all of these ideas and you don't want to say no excuse me and you want you want to realize that and keep everybody happy you might end up just failing entirely because you're not really doing what you love like for you you are the artist, the visionary, and the uh, i the idea man that takes it, who executes on it. You know, some artists work differently, and um, I'm I'm afraid for a lot of projects because I think the uh, roadmap is too ambitious.
1: A hundred percent. Um, one of the things that I've, as i you know, and I've looked at a boatload of them, uh, obviously, and what I I notice. The, so, like when I when I look at a roadmap, or when I look at anything business, because I'm a I'm like a business guy, right? I'm just like I don't get to be a like a goofball all day every day by accident. I'm a goofball all day every day because I very carefully engineered my physical, emotional, spiritual, and financial life to facilitate that. Right? It's not, you know, I'm not just like lucky. I'm incredibly hardworking and lucky. So, so when I look at a roadmap, um, mostly lucky. When I look at a roadmap, I look for one of two things. I look. I ask myself, is this roadmap incredibly vague? We're gonna solve world hunger. We're gonna do social good. We're gonna feed the children. Right. Whatever. Whatever the things are. Right. And is it vague? Are the promises or the ideas vague? And that's that. What that tells me is if somebody is saying, you know, giving me platitudes or vagaries or, or, you know, like general fuzzy notions of something out in the future, what that tells me is they don't have a clear vision of what the future is. And on the other side of the spectrum, if the roadmap is incredibly specific, we're gonna build a metaverse version. we gonna have this, and they gonna sit on this block of the central editor. If it's incredibly specific, I get that the creator has a super specific and clear vision, but it's not tethered to reality because reality is a little bit fuzzy the farther away, the farther into the future or the farther into the past you get, the fuzzier things become. And so if your roadmap is like super crisp, incredibly specific years and years down the road, I know you're bullshitting because nobody knows where this adventure is gonna take us. And so, so you got to look for, and it's, a, it's an intuitive thing. You got to look for past experience and you got to look for, for, you know, realistic expectations somewhere in between that super vague and super specific roadmap promises. But the roadmap <clears throat> is a promise. It's a solemn promise in my view.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, I see a lot of NFTs as the new SPACs that you know we're gonna build it and it's going to crash because there's a lot of them that did <laughs> yeah most of them will yeah
1: yeah it's like it's in the, in the high 90s like like vaynerchuk says you know it's like 95 <clears> percent. <throat> and and the reason most of them are going to crash is because they skirt the edges of securities law and if you think for a second that the department of justice and the sec aren't going to come crashing down on this fucking party you've got a whole nother thing coming um because we are a nation of laws. and um, and that that's one of the reasons. And then the other reason is is most people in this space are very excited and they get into it and and just like, you know, God love them. They don't know what the hell they're doing. they They don't have the artistic qualifications to do the art or they don't have the business qualifications to manage it as a business, or they don't have the technical qualifications to to like deploy this this new crazy technology. Um, and, and, and you need all of those things. Oh, and you also have to go back a decade in time and build yourself a real community of real people who love you and respect you and follow you for things you've already done. You have to earn your NFT project way before you pull the trigger.
0: You know, it's funny. I spoke with, um, Vladislav Ginsburg with Block Party, and I feel that, um, we were kind of talking about community building, and I think that uh, a lot of Web3 adventurers uh, would do well to look not even just at Web2 community building, but Web1. Like, go sit down with your grandparents and ask them how they built a community. And sometimes it's it's hyper local. You know, it might be like your your church or you know the ymca or you know something in your community you know maybe it's um i don't know those are a couple examples but you know go back and see how they're doing it and see how big those communities are even on a local level and how um how they built that and and take those skills into web 3 with you because you can build community but if you think it's all gonna live on Twitter like that's gonna that could come crashing tomorrow like you know it was you know what what if you know elon musk does go through with that purchase it could change how algorithms work for example and and maybe you're gonna have trouble with that community um that you built on there that following or um there's a power outage like you know facebook and you you know you lose all of that uh time with your community um and maybe money that you spent that you were launching something on that particular day um you can't rely solely on it like i think it's important to go back and have a grassroots mentality about community building and it sounds like that's what you did and that's why you've been able to carry those people into your web 3 adventure
1: yeah and what so one of the things that the, like the pandemic has taught me and like, you know, I've always been, um, I'm kind of a people person. I guess I am a people person. I like, you know, I like people. I like the potential. I, you know, I, I love all of that. I love humanity, but I also really love being alone, right? I like being by myself. It's, it's comfortable for me. And, and part of that is just the, the the nature of my existence and I'm sure you feel it too right your job is to you know get on stage and light up a room and and you know be Holly Shannon and Holly Shannon is this this um you know it's in a way it's you but it's also a sort of an amplified you and you can't be right so like I don't know about you but like at the the end of the well, I probably do know about you like If I'm on stage or doing a thing all day, at the end of the day, I'm like, yeah, boom, and everybody, you know, it's like, and I get so much energy from the people, and it's fantastic and exciting, and then I get back to the hotel room, boom, I am down, right? I am asleep because it's very, very tiring to be Will Pemble, and I'm sure it's also very tiring to be Holly Shannon. So, like, one of my favorite things to do is go away and be alone. Um, The pandemic has has helped me to put a lot of that in perspective the the value of human connection the value of a conference right the value of just being able to being able to like gather with others it's it's a it's an it's a really important a nearly sacred thing a, a, a really important part of being human and um, and that to oh. me is really important uh, that's a that's a super important aspect of Coaster punks that we want it to be super physical. Everybody, everybody who buys, we're you know, we're this this collection is ten thousand uh, pieces. Everybody who buys a coaster punks NFT is going to be invited to probably a month long launch event, and they're going to get to ride the coaster. And and as a guy who's built you know five backyard roller coasters, I have received thousands of requests from people could I come and ride it? Can I come and ride it? I will travel. I, you know, there's people have driven across the country and I've never been in the position to facilitate, you know, like thousands of people coming to the house to ride the thing. And, you know, but, but everybody who gets the NFT, of course, you're going to get a t-shirt, right? We're going to ship you, you know, one of three t-shirts, you know, everybody's going to get swag t-shirts and hoodies and that kind of thing. But we're also going to invite you because we want you to come and ride it. And then there'll be some more rare, um, things. And so you'll be able to, you know, a, a small number of people will be able to come and like help us build it, come to a build day and like get in, you know, put your hands on this thing, own some of it. You know, we'll we'll do like, you know, there'll be a bunch of floor tiles in the hab. And so we'll be like, we'll allow you to dedicate a floor tile in the hab. We'll put you in touch. You know, you'll, the last episode of the TV series is going to be shot at the launch event. And so we'll have a couple of people one of the, one of the utilities or perks will be you get to, you get a cameo in the last episode of the TV series. And we're gonna do tours at Disneyland and tickets to different theme parks and stuff like that. And so there's a whole bunch of crazy fun that we're gonna give away. Oh, my favorites, um, a flying lesson because that's a, because being an astronaut, the first step is learning how to fly airplanes and a skydiving lesson just because that's crazy, right? And so like mm-hmm. so there's all sorts of kooky fun stuff. But it's all very physical, very real world and very connected to one another. And that is crazy important because like, uh, maybe there are people in the world and I'm sure there are who just like love to just be on Discord all day, every day. I would prefer if if I'm wanting things for other people, I want people to get out and see the world and see one another and learn from that. And so everything we do is again, physics, family and fun. And this is, and this is, that's the family component. This is, it's, CoasterPunks is already a family. And, and we're just, we're just weaving some more crazy into it and bringing more people in, bringing NFT people into this crazy roller coaster world of ours.
0: I love it. You know, it's the, the, the tech and the web three, but, you know, again, the physical part of it, because I mean if you have a love of roller coasters and science and adventure, you want to physically do it. Right. Um, it would be really interesting because you said it's going to be like, people could come and be a part of the build. I wonder if, um, the, what was her name? Carrie, um, Carrie Byron, Carrie Byron. I wonder if they would bring over the guy from Brazil, that oh, Gus you is inspired. Coming. Oh, okay. I was gonna say, oh. like, you oh, should have yeah. an episode where you guys kind of revisit that Zoom conversation, and then he's part of the build. That would be the coolest thing to see.
1: Oh yeah. Well, I'm I'm so glad because like the other day, Gus and I shot a thing. He's interviewing. He interviewed me on his TikTok, right? And he's you know just like his TikTok videos. Just I. I'm amazed at that guy he can he can like take what for me would be like a 15 minutes like hey we're gonna do this and we're gonna bend the pipe and well there's like he does that whole thing in 30 seconds and I'm pretty sure he does it better than me and um but Gus speaks mainly Portuguese Liz is Portuguese uh, Gus speaks mainly Portuguese he's Brazilian Liz is Portuguese and so' That's your Liz, wife right yes okay yeah okay. so Liz has already spoken to Gus's mom. Right, and they've done like the Portuguese mom thing, and it's like, oh yeah, he'll stay with us, and, and all of this. <laughs> it's like, it's I so, love like, it. And Gus is Gus is the age of my son Lyle, and um and like you know, when we talked on the Zoom, Lyle happened to be in the house. Lyle's off at school, but Lyle happened to be in the house, and Lyle comes and gets in front of the camera, and, and Gus is like, oh my god, Lyle, you got so big! <laughs> it's just like. Wow. So we're bringing. Of course, we're going to bring Gus here. He's he's magical, right? He's I a love wonderful, that. wonderful guy
0: i love that oh my gosh um i'm gonna have to go watch some of these videos what we'll have to do is any um we're gonna put all the in the show notes like your youtube and and if there was you know some sort of youtube together with the two of you i'm happy to link that in the show notes as well so um just so everybody and there'll be links to the nft so i just want to put that out there uh, for everybody um i had a question though uh because um you're so good technically um the tv series that's being created and or maybe even just going back to coaster punks nft um what blockchain will that be on is it one that you're creating yourself to maintain that carbon neutrality or are you expecting there's going to be some gas fees and you hope like maybe the solar power will back pay for for some of that or how does that work
1: well that the the original the original purpose of the solar thing and I'm you know I'm not this like ball of light super happy you know I'm I'm a am I'm, I'm an optimistic cynic right and so so when we first started talking about the solar farm um we sort of referred to that internally as the fuck you haters component of the, <laughs> of the strategy right and so it's like fine you want to hate on NFTs cuz they use a lot of energy fuck you haters we will generate 200,000 Watts of electricity all day, every day. So fuck you haters. Right. And, that, and that's where it's, it, where it started. And oh my so you know, that,
0: not one so of I my asked the right question.
1: Cause that was <laughs> yes, part so of like, that process. Yeah.
0: I'm, I'm glad so like, for my left field questions there. Yeah.
1: So I'm doing the, I'm, I, you could, you could argue maybe that I'm doing the right thing for the wrong reason. <laughs> um, hey, but, however you have it's the to right do thing. it. Right. So we did a whole bunch of soul searching about, um, about, particularly specifically Ethereum, which is where this is going to live, right? It's going to live on Ethereum because Ethereum is Beverly Hills. And if you want to sell an expensive product, you better build your store in Beverly Hills. Um, and so, but we went back and forth. It's like Polygonics, Branch, and all of this sort of stuff. And so there, there's like, as you know, it's an insanely complicated thing, Um Ethereum gas fees are off the charts. Uh, I don't know the specific number of, of Ethereum, but I know that the Bitcoin blockchain is reputed to use more electricity than Finland, and that's not cool. So, but Ethereum 2.0 is going to supposed to be better. There's already another implementation of, the, of an Ethereum smart contract called the ERC721A which allows, ERC-721 is kind of like the normal standard. That's how most NFTs get bought and sold. And it's a a one-at-a-time thing. 721-A allows you to batch process minting. And so if you're going to say you mint the first one and it costs 10 units of gas, when you mint the second one, it costs you 12, the third one, 14, the fourth one, 16, the fifth one, 18, the sixth one, 20, or whatever. And so if you mint five or six NFTs at a time using a 721A, basically you, you cut your gas fees by about 80%. Um, so that's still not good enough. Um, but what I know about technology is that it's gonna get better. It's gonna get more efficient. I drive, uh, you know, like a, a Model T Ford gets about a mile to a gallon of gasoline my Tesla gets about a hundred miles to an equivalent amount of energy. So I know, and I know computer technology increases at orders of magnitude, not not at the slow rate that cars get better and and faster. So we did a whole again, we thought about polygon a whole lot, but it's just the user interface, the 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 the, the mental barrier to entry, the shit you have to go through, so to speak. Yeah, there's a lot of friction from all I Oh, I got a bridge, I got to do this and that, and I got to watch a tutorial. And it's like, no, you just, you lose 80% of your people. I'm so Um, glad you said
0: this because I'm launching my NFT soon, and this was part of the conversation. So thank you. Yeah,
1: (laughs) I like, I'm a a fan of 721A. There's one that came after that, and I don't remember the name of it. I don't want, I'm not going to say it because I don't want to say it wrong, but there's another, there's another iteration of the 721 smart contract. That should be even better, but but 721A will will allow us to batch, and so we could set up a rule that was something like you know like every five every five NFTs we sell, then go and mint those because the gas fees will drop significantly, or every sixty minutes, right? And so if I buy one and nobody else does, then it, so so like you figure out rules, and this is just like very very simple basic software stuff, which by the way, smart contracts are very simple right. basic software stuff. Um, so. That's kind of where we came down on the thing. It's like we have to stay on ETH, even though, you know, even with ETH's history, right? It's like okay, so if like you know, if you've got if you've got an arsonist in the family and they've just decided to stop being an arsonist, are are you still okay with them? Right? And so it's like ETH has some making up to do, right? Uh, the Ethereum blockchain, and I I I get all of that. It's a, it gets really complicated really fast. The short answer. Ethereum 721A block processing, not the most efficient and cheapest gas uh, fees in the world, but way, 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 way better than what you would have used on Ethereum even six months ago.
0: Okay, interesting. See, I'm learning with my listeners because I'm going to be launching mine soon. And uh, so thank you for that advice. Uh, appreciate it. I think a, a lot of people, as they start to think about how they're going to roll out their projects, um, it's always nice to talk to somebody who has a lot of experience in it. So um, well, it was
1: Well, I mean, when we started Web.com in the late 90s, in what my kids call the 1900s, those so-and-sos, um, when we started Web.com, the phone would ring we'd pick up the phone which was actually wired to a wall somewhere if you can imagine such a thing and we'd Craziness. pick up the phone and we'd say hey thanks for calling web.com this is will how can i help you and the person on the other phone would say i was told by my business manager i need to get this domain name thing what is a domain name mm-hmm. and so like and then every and then the next question is well isn't that kind of a scam a digital address does that even mean anything are you just bullshitting me i've had The entire Web3 conversation 20 years ago. And I built a multi hundred million dollar business off of the answers to those questions. And so all of the problems that we see the user interface problems, the adoption problems, the weird, quirky, effed up uh, technical user experience problems all of those things we've solved a decade ago. And so, like, so, like, I am unintimidated. By Web three because it's because it's Web one. Sorry, it's just the only and the only reason people who were born in two thousand one, people my daughter's age, the only reason that they're intimidated by it is they just like didn't see it hmm. the last time it happened. And so so it's this it's this. But but that being said, there's incredible opportunities and, and coolness around Web three that didn't exist back then. And so like, I'm really excited uh, because the, the obstacles don't seem as tall to me and um, and the opportunities seem even taller.
0: That's amazing. I, you know, I feel like I, I kind of want to end on that note. Um, uh, I do have one other question. The, um, <clears throat> the physical experience is going to be behind you there. Um, and then you're going to replicate that, and it'll be maybe at other amusement parks like <clears throat> Disney and, and so forth. Or you're just this is the pilot project, and you'll worry about it after that.
1: Well, we've, we've already built into the built into the requirement here that none of the none of the thing that we're going to build is actually going to touch the walls, <clears throat> and it's all going to be take apartable. So we'll be able to be we'll be able to take it apart and put it on two or three uh, two or three semis. And drive it to other places. And so, if we wanted to go and put this in the parking lot of a science museum here, a science museum there. And so, it, so it'll be, it'll be a traveling thing, and it'll be designed to be, you know, taken apart, broken down, shipped, and reassembled. One, once upon a time, I was uh, weirdly, I I had a client and ended up being the chief operating officer of like the biggest event company in California for four years. And so we would run Oracle open world and great big rock and roll concerts and all that sort of stuff. And so like managing again, are you talking out of your ass or do you know what you're doing? That's, that's a really, really important question. So when I say we're going to have a launch event and it's going to be a month long and this is 3000 feet and we're going to have another thousand feet of tenting out there where there's going to be the lounge and the party and all that stuff. If somebody says like, do, do you know how to do all of that stuff? It's like, yeah, I actually have done all of that stuff for four years and i know people who know how to do it and so when i say there's going to be an event none of that right i've i've got it figured all the way down to the battery powered exit signs that need to go in the tenting which the fire marshal will absolutely inspect before they let anybody into the building i you know just like none of it uh, none of it is new to us the experience is going to be new that it's a, it but it's a but it's just a scaling of this wonderful adventure this wonderful this mutual gift that the world and I seem to have uh, given to each other. And I just, I couldn't be, as you can plainly see, I couldn't be more excited about this, this crazy opportunity, all of which came true because of web three.
0: Yeah. It's amazing. I, I love this. Where, where in Connecticut, will this be this first one?
1: This will be in a little town called Brookfield, Connecticut, which is, uh which is just like, it's like the, the, the upper left side of Connecticut.
0: Yeah, it's close to uh, New Milford in Litchfield County.
1: Close, yeah, close to New Milfield, uh, close to New Milford, close to Danbury, Connecticut. That's kind of like the closest sort of real city, if, if there's such a thing as a real city in Connecticut.
0: Yeah, well, we were kind of neighbors because uh, I just uh, left Connecticut about a year and a half ago. So um, oh, cool. I, I know your area and be, I will be uh, driving through it soon. <laughs>
1: so we stop by any time we'd love to see you
0: yes well i'm i'm looking forward to being a part of the experience when i'm uh visiting my family in connecticut so it's really amazing um and maybe i'll have my brother drive down in his model a so you can meet him um we we have i think we have some six degrees of separation going on without kevin uh what's his name um uh kevin bacon Thank you. Uh, we have our six degrees of Kevin Bacon without him, so we'll have to uh, we'll have to make that happen. I can't thank you enough, Will. Uh, you know, we I I think we tried to do this interview a while ago, and I wasn't sure we'd get it in in time. Um, but I'm really glad that we had this, and I think I might meet you in person at NFT NYC. Is this yeah, correct? you're speaking there, right? I am. I'm going to be on a panel uh, with four other guys and we'll be talking about NFTs and brands and so forth. So I'm oh. looking forward you, to that. You gotta let me
1: know what it is. I wanna I wanna I wanna sit there. I wanna get in on that. I, wanna, I need all
0: the support for sure. And what I'm will there, you dude. be speaking on there? Pardon? What will you be speaking about?
1: I'm, I'm talking the, the title of my talk, which I I just filled out the form as a rant. Liz wasn't around to bitch at and I had an idea in my head. And so I just like filled out this form. And so so the title of the talk is uh selling NFTs the perfect storm of miscommunication and mistrust. And and the and the general notion of the talk is um how somehow or another the industry has figured out as many like borderline offensive or straight up toxic names for as many of the aspects of the process as as we can think of, right? Blockchain uh, is, is a word that literally turns off uh, parts of, of cognitive centers of your brain. When you say the word block, that's what your brain does. It listens to you. So when you hear the word blockchain, you have to go around that to get to understanding what the hell we're talking about. Um, and, and then like, you know, discord, if you look up discord in the dictionary, it means argument and not in a good way. Um, not in a like, you know, Professor Ballamore's logic class way. I mean, like <laughs> it's, fighting. it's
0: it's right. It's not healthy disagreement.
1: <laughs> no, it's not healthy disagreement. You know, mining. I mean, come on, do we have to call it mining? Why don't we just call it rape? And there's just like all of the words, and they're also designed to, you know, fungible. It's an archaic fucking word. I mean, so I, so anyway, that was my rant, and that's going to be like my talk. And it'll and it'll end up with like, okay, but how do we solve this, right? How do we get past that? Because we as the leaders of this industry have a duty to the future. We're, you know, we're leaving footprints on the moon right now. Mm-hmm. And that's gonna last forever. We have an important duty of care to people in the future of this business. And everything we do matters and everything we do is impactful and none of it is trivial. So like when we embrace a fucking typo like Hodel, who doesn't that piss off, right? It's like, you know, walk into any boardroom of any company and say hodl and they'll be like stop being an idiot mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and it's gonna take a long time to where like that shows up in webster's so anyway that was my rant and i just filled it out because I, I was just click and i was like boy i'm glad i got that off my chest and then two days later they were like hey bro cool idea <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right well you'll have to share when when you're speaking because i would love to to show up for oh, that as well, well, we'll i will have to uh, i would love
1: to we'll i promise i'm I'm, it. I'm like reeling it in it's going to turn into it'll be the i'm all about like specific actionable tactical here's what to do about that so i'm i'm not i don't like to describe what awesome looks like i like to describe how to get there i don't want to really tell you about the beach i want to give you directions on how to drive there yourself
0: nice i love it i love it well hopefully you'll have some good solutions for some of the then bad words out there right um <laughs> i thank you so much will Uh, really this was wonderful thank you for coming on culture factor this is amazing
1: it's a it's a really really it's a pleasure to be here holly i can't wait to meet you in person and if there's anything i can do to be helpful to you or your family uh your culture factor family please let me know excellent thank you